right, welcome back into another fantastic edition of the official, the official 615 podcast, along with my good friend, the pokester, Greg Pogue. We're back again, man. Yeah, and you know what makes it official? Because we say so. That's why. <laughs> it's that simple. We've had a lot of great guests, but today we're talking more about a business with a guest, which I think is an iconic spot in Nashville. Well, we're in the green room of Zany's uh, Comedy Club, iconic since 1983. And I'll let you introduce the guest. I'm trying to figure out what she doesn't do, <laughs> uh, but uh, go ahead. Exactly. Before we get started, we'll thank our oh, yes. friends at Wilson County Hyundai, uh, proud sponsors of the official 615 podcast look a lot of hyundais you see around middle tennessee were bought at wilson county hyundai for the simple reason the best prices the best people and their own pain bone make sure you get the absolute best deal check out their website wilsoncountyhyundai.com it's all right there for you everything you need to know new cars used cars everything you want is right there check out wilsoncountyhyundai.com all right. Our guest, you want to do the honors? You do the honors. You've well, known Lucy a lot longer than I have. Well, we're gonna, she has been fantastic with us on the radio because she gets it, you know, and very few people in this town get the cross promotion of radio and TV. Lucy gets it. Lucy Sensheimer. She is a general manager. She's a talent buyer. She is everything for Zanies, that <laughs> chief bottle washer. There you go. Always. Lucy, thanks for doing this. Thanks for having me, guys, on the official 615 yes. podcast. Yeah, and we're in the green room. How many famous people so many. have come and, and, and through here before they go in and have come off? It's, it's, it's really amazing. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, I will preface this with this was not the original green room. So some history for you. The original green room was behind the bar, what is now the liquor room, which is wild to think about because it is very small. <laughs> um, so I'm glad we moved it uh, to where it is now. And it, I love that the comics can just walk right out onto the stage because in a lot of comedy clubs, they have to walk in t- through the crowd. Oh, yeah. Which, with the level of you know talent that we have coming through here, would be very awkward. It would be if Chris Rock just had to walk through the crowd onto the stage. It would be a lot. So, um, yeah, a lot of a lot of iconic people have sat in this very green room. What do you do, or what don't you do? <laughs> um, I do everything related to the talent. Um, so from the booking to the handling their hotels, handling, setting up transportation, anything that the talent needs is through me. Um, and then when it comes to like running the actual floor, we have a manager that handles that. So everything talent related is back to me. Your phone has not stopped buzzing since we got here. Is that the case every day? Yes. Yeah, all the time. And There's I, never really like even when we're on break for a holiday like Thanksgiving, it's pretty much still going off all, all right, the time. So I want you to tell us you have Jeff Ross coming on New yeah. Year's Eve here at Zanies, which is a wonderful get. And I ask you how you got Jeff Ross to come here. And it's a fascinating story, yet simple. Tell us this. So Jeff was in town, I guess now it's, what, a month or two ago for um, Dave Chappelle. And um, he was on that show with, it was a crazy show. I didn't get to go, but it was like Jeff Ross, Dave Chappelle, Joe Rogan, Tom Segura, Donnell Rawlings, like nuts (laughs) lineup, bonkers, all people who have performed here before, um, which is also cool. But anyway, he was in town and he was staying a couple of extra days. So I guess he had communicated with another comedian asking if they knew about any shows going on. 
And we run a show every Monday called New Material Night, um, which is my personal favorite show. Um, we started it during COVID because of all the comedians who had moved out of Los Angeles and into Nashville so that they had a show to work out their new material on. So Jeff finds out about the show. I'm it's like 10 in the morning on Monday. And my boss, Brian, puts us on a text chain like, hey, Jeff wants to come by and do the show. Um, he wants to know the details. <laughs> da, 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 da. So I'm like, obviously, I'm like, that's amazing. Like that. The beauty of that show is you never know who's going to be on the lineup. Right. We don't advertise it at all. So I'm like so excited thinking about these people who are going to get this amazing surprise guest. Um, so we work out all the details. He decides he wants to close the show. Obviously it's Jeff Ross. Um, so he comes up at the very end. It's been like a two hour show. The, the crowd's like getting a little tired. And then immediately the moment he steps on stage, they're <laughs> yeah. going nuts. You know, he's crushing, he's roasting everybody. It's the best. Um, and then afterwards, we're like, hey, you know, we usually go by this bar after the show. Do you want to come? He's like, sure, I don't have anything else going on. So we take him to Red Door um, in Midtown. Great bar. Yeah. Um, and we just have an awesome time. We're just talking comedy. And I'm like, hey, man, like, I'd love you to come back sooner than later. I have New Year's Eve open. Would you want to do it? And he's like, that sounds awesome. You know, <laughs> you know, he's like, just, you know, connect with my agent. And so yeah. the next day we connected and, you know, now he's coming back for New Year's. What a great, uh, so, a simple, I mean, just asked. And then yeah. And he's so nice. So nice. I mean, it's intimidating because you're, it's the roast master general. Right. So you're like, I don't know how he's going to be, but he's a great guy. Super nice. They're different personalities. Yes. Yeah. Are some of them a little more difficult to deal with than others, or uh, it, it, because everybody's different? I'll you know, say like that, Big Joe, yeah. man, he's a pain in the butt sometimes. <laughs> yeah, you know of that? Of course. I'll say this: there are people, there are comedians who are eccentric, who have different things that make them feel more comfortable when they're here. But there are very few that I've thought were mean people. I mean, it's it's you can count on one hand, which is amazing because I talk to people in music or, you know, actors, people that work with actors and they talk about all these horror stories. And I'm like, I really don't have that experience. Like the pink, you need pink, you know, M&Ms yeah. or those kind of the it, writers. It makes you yeah. wonder if all that was just made up. Yeah. I think people do it to make sure people actually read their writer. Cause there are genuinely things that they need. Like some performers need a projector screen. So it's like, maybe they're worried that somebody's not going to see that. Right. <clears throat> So they put something kind of odd or eccentric in there to make sure that their rider was red. You know, that's so funny. How do you separate Lucy, the fan from Lucy Zanies? Like Chris Rock was here sure. a week and a half ago. Mm -hmm. And I, I know it's a business and we're all business yeah. people here. But how, how do you separate? Because, my God, it's Chris Rock. I, I think after a couple of years, you just get used to it. I mean, it was definitely something I had to adjust to. Because I got here and they were like, all right, you're going to be picking up the comedians. And I'm like, okay, well, I want them to feel comfortable with me. So I can't just go, oh, my gosh, I'm such a huge <laughs> fan when they get in the car. You know, you just have to just talk to them like a person because they are people and just connect with them in a way where you're not fangirling or fanboying. And then you're going to end up having a great time anyway. So nobody wants to really be fangirled or fanboyed over mm. by the person that they're working with. So Good you point. just 
adjust to it naturally. Who though has made you fangirl? Uh, but you held it in. Who who have you been all in all of? It's somebody who's not a huge name. You've probably never heard of them. Her name is Jessica Curson, but I'm just such a huge fan, and she's she's a comic that other comics, when you ask them who their favorite are, who's hard to follow, her name is always mentioned. And I finally got to book her this past year. And I was like really, really nervous, excited. And she got in the car and we just immediately like connected right away. (laughs) Um, And then she crushed her show so hard, standing ovation. And I was just so happy because it was somebody who I'd wanted to work with forever. And I was really nervous about it. And it exceeded my expectations. How long you been here? Seven, Seven years, since August of 2014. From where? I'm originally from Charlotte, North Carolina, and then I was in college in St. Petersburg, Florida, and I was interning at a comedy club during the summer in Charlotte, and that's how I met Brian and Andrew Dorfman, who are the owners of the club, and um, I moved here right after school. They were like, if you want a job, you have a job, so I was like, all right, that sounds cool. (laughs) Why do you think they they took a chance on you? Yeah, so... All the comedy club owners in the South are very good friends. So they were having like their annual meeting um, where they all kind of sit around and talk about comics and call agents and start booking out the next year. And so we were just sitting there on these phone calls and the agents were pitching these younger comics and they didn't really know who they were. So I was just, you know, spewing out facts about them and you know, what I thought about each person and whether or not they could sell tickets and whether or not they should invest in them. And they took a liking to that. And we're like, we don't know what we want you to do, but just come and we'll figure it out. (laughs) So, you know, we just kind of grew it together. (laughs) What did you know about Zanies? Did you know? I didn't know really anything about Zanies, to be honest. I knew that it was a club that people respected, but I didn't know the level of respect people had for it. And I knew that Nashville was an up-and-coming city. So, you know, I I was 21. So I I was like, that's a good place to be, a city that's growing. And I visited twice, I think, and was like, oh, I like it here. I'm done. I'll I'll come here. But I didn't know if I would stay and love it the way I do now. Did you ever think that you would fall in love? And marry a comedian? <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> and it's the first thing everybody tells you not to do when you start working in comedy, by the way. Your husband, Aaron Weber. Yeah. A, a, absolutely funniest guys I've ever seen. And, and the good thing about this, the Lucy, is that mm-hmm. I'm seeing him at the beginning of his career yeah. where he's about to take off. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I mean, he's been doing it maybe six years now, which in comedy years is very, very young. And he's already accomplished a lot for how short of a time he's been doing it so it's only up and up and up from here which is awesome to be a part of does he make you laugh at home yeah definitely good but he is much more quiet off stage than people think he's he's like a pretty quiet guy um but he definitely makes me laugh well he played the opry yeah right? so he's to a me, regular I, now i'm thinking all right playing the opry because i saw when his first announced to go over mm-hmm. there that cannot be easy no, and he's the youngest comedian to ever play. Sorry, Dusty, he took your spot. <laughs> but, Dusty Slay. Yeah, who's who was on, on another, Jimmy Fallon last yeah, night. Yeah, Jimmy Fallon. He's done Fallon three times yeah. now. So Nashville is really becoming a place for for comedy. People think of it as Music City, but think about all the comics that are coming out of Nashville right now. Yeah. It's crazy. 
Then you talked about the great exodus from L.A. Yeah. And you weren't kidding. No, I'm serious. I mean, we had Josh Wolf move here. Fantastic comedian. Steve Byrne, another fantastic comedian. Theo Vaughn, fantastic comedian. Huge following as well. And then we already had Nate, Kathleen Madigan. Nate Bargatze. Nate Bargatze, Kathleen Madigan. We've got... um, Jeff Allen, Henry Cho, those guys have been around here for a while, but that's a big pool of talent and names. And then on top of that, our local scene is like really starting to pop with like Dusty and Aaron and this guy, Chance Willie, Brad Sativo. We've got Laura Peake who moved to LA, but is also kind of starting to to blow up a little bit. We've got a lot of people coming out of Nashville and doing big things. Well, this is a music town. It, yeah. Obviously, the success of this club and mm-hmm. uh, that's been sustained for what thirty, I guess thirty eight years. The eighty three, right, yeah. is when it, it opened. Uh, um, so obviously, it's got to be a city that embraces comedy as yeah. well. And, and, and but people don't realize that is either. I yeah. think when I got here. The scene was there, but nobody was talking about it. And then over the past seven years, I've really seen a shift. And, like, we have so many regulars that come to our new material night. Because if if you wear a zany shirt or a hoodie, you get in free. So I'll look out in the crowd sometimes, and I just see all these people in Zany's merch that have gone (laughs) all day walking around in it. And it's, like, it's great advertising. And it's just – and then all these big names are talking about us on their podcast, like – Every couple of weeks, I get a DM with somebody who's taken a clip of somebody saying something wonderful about this club. So I saw uh, Sebastian Maniscalco at mm-hmm. Ryman in June, and he talked about his evolution in Nashville. He yeah. said, I came here 15 years ago. I played Zanies. There were yeah. six people in the crowd. None of them laughed, and here I am again. <laughs> but Zanies taught me, and he won on a little 15-second love fest for Zanies. And I'm yeah. thinking, man, that is, that's gold right there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it happens all the time, and it's wonderful. And I think we really take care of people and and invest in them and their career, and it makes a difference. A lot of places don't do that and don't care, you know? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> and, uh, the well, New Material Monday Night. Yeah. Tell us uh, how this became, because a lot of places have open mic comedy right. night. You hear about Jeff Foxworthy was, that's how he got his start, a lot of comedians. Yeah. How is that different from open mic comedy nights? So open mic is where you can just show up and sign up and go up. And and I think that's great. But I think that you should have to work to get on a premier comedy club stage like Zany's. So there are open mics all over town, which I highly suggest if you're trying to start to get into comedy. Go to those. Go every night. Get really good. Get a good tape. Then try to come to Zany's. But New Material Night is all booked in advance. And it started off, um, so Theo Vaughn, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he's a great comic. He moved here from L.A. And he was like, you know, in L.A., we have the comedy store where we can go up kind of when we want and work out our new material. But there's nothing, nowhere for us to like safely do that at Zany's. We can do showcases and we can do guest spots. But there's kind of that, Oh, Theo Vaughn's here. He's got to be on. Like, he's got to do his best stuff. So we were like, let's build a show that's marketed as new material nights so that there's not the pressure to go up and kill. We're going up and we're working out our new stuff. And these people get to see us, see the evolution of the material. 
you know, and they know that they're coming to the show to see the evolution of the material, not to necessarily see this tight, great set. And so we started doing it and it's just been the coolest show ever. Like Nate was here on Monday and he was like, I just have some chunks in my set. Like, not necessarily a full-out joke, but a part in a joke that right. I need to, like, <laughs> need to tighten up. So he went up and he worked on different parts of different jokes. And it was so cool to watch because I'm like, oh, I've seen that joke done this way, but now he's doing it this way. And that way works better than this way. How is this? Is it open to the public? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's $10. Free with Or free with, with Zany's merch. Yeah. Literally $10. You never know who's going to be on the show. So sometimes it'll be Jeff Ross. Sometimes Nate Bargatze will be there. Sometimes Theo will be there. Sometimes Josh. And and sometimes it's a group of really good local comics and some guys from out of town that are popping through. And even if it's that and you don't have this big celebrity guest, it's still an amazing show. Yeah, I'm sure. Like, cause, And now it's, you know, people are catching wind of it. So, you know, people like John Reap will stay an extra day because they want to do a, a spot and work out a new joke. So... It's really become a, a crazy good show. I think that's great. Now, do you, if somebody has made the local scene sure. and they want to get on, yeah. do they send you a tape? They send me a tape, yeah. And then you... And I from... look at the tape or, you know, people talk to me at, at this point. Like, I'll be completely honest. Look They're at like, you. Yes. The kids in the scene will go, hey, this guy, like, you should really take a look at him. Like, he's been coming out to all the open mics. He's getting really funny. I think he can do, like a five-minute spot on New Material Monday. So I'm like, all right, cool. Like, I'll watch the tape, and then I'll, you know, give them a set or won't give them a set, you know? Or tell them, hey, I think, you you know, I think you have a lot of potential, but I think you need some more open mic time. I think you need to get some more reps in. Uh, just all fascinating. Again, this podcast, the official 615 podcast, brought to you by our good friends at Wilson County Hyundai. Check out their website, WilsonCountyHyundai.com. All the deals, great deals on new cars, on, on the pre-used cars, everything, their pre-owned cars you can find there. Again, you drive around Nashville, you'll see so many cars. Hyundai that have Wilson County Hyundai on the back bumper because they do a great job. Check their website out, WilsonCountyHyundai.com. The foundation here, the people who've come back, and and I've become friends with with uh, Truett Beasley oh, and, yeah. and Terry Killer Beasley, Bees. Killer Bees, and every time they come into town, we go out to lunch or do something together. So yeah, I'm I'm name dropping, but uh, just uh, <laughs> but but he that the foundations of where yeah. this was laid, and now how his career's gone on. He's yeah. on the Grand Ole Opry and the Moonshiners on the Discovery Channel and all of that. It was. That basis, really, the roots of it, you know, no matter how hard the wind blows, the roots are there. And that's why I think this club has survived and flourished because of that basis that's been laid for decades. I had to really be educated about that when I got here because I I wasn't familiar with the James Gregory's or the Killer Bees of the world. Like, I didn't grow up with that. So it's been really interesting to see that and to to have such an appreciation for it and to have an appreciation that they come back every year and, and sell tickets and people go crazy for them. And, and you see a lot of families, like you see the mom and dad who are, you know, 60s, 70s, bringing their kids. Like it's, it's really cool to watch. You're talking about me, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) hundred percent. But you know what I mean? Like 
these families, like they've shown their children these comics and then their children become adults and then they come and they pass it on. It's it's really John awesome. Reap, a perfect yeah. example. My daughter Grace and son-in-law Kyle, they first came with me yeah. to see John Reap here. And then they came on their own. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, this past Saturday yeah. night. And then just because they had come with me, their dad, yeah. now they wanted to, to seek out that comedian uh, on his own. The uh, comedy in 2013, Comedy Central uh -huh. certified this club. What is that? Did I, I read that and then I, I see wasn't it. here yet. Uh, so I don't even know. Does it mean anything? Or we could just apparently it, it doesn't because I don't know. Well, I mean, but it's, it's I remember your, hearing about it. It's on your it. website. That's well, where I saw it. Well, congratulations. Thank you so much. <laughs> I did it all, you know, as a 20-year-old intern. There, at the, yeah. But, but, uh, but something like that, I mean, that yeah, is, if you're not cool. familiar, that's like, oh, so Comedy Central is now, yeah. we watch it, and they're certifying your club. Boom. I mean, go. Joe Rogan talks about our club all the time, he and does. he's like the Oprah for white guys. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, I, all jokes aside, like, that's huge, like, the... Getting mentioned on on his show and getting his stamp of approval, he posted when the when the truck ran through the club. I don't yeah, know if you remember right. that. Yes, but you know, uh, and I tell people, I'm like, you know, when people come to town, and I've told Greg this for yeah. years, I say three places you got to go: the Ryman, the mm -hmm. Hermitage, and Zanies. Yeah, and they're like, Zany, I was like, you just got these places don't exist everywhere in the world. Zanies, you got to go see that. And I've heard from people like, God, it was the best time. Yeah, I think that the past like two or three years, like people have really started mentioning, mentioning us more and more, which is so cool. Um, You're welcome. I think we weren't, uh, <laughs> but I think that there's so many people that was like, I've lived here for 12 years and I've never been to Zany's. And I think that's starting to, they need to be less and they less. Need to leave. <laughs> they need to leave. I think uh, people think we're cool now. Yeah. Like, I think we really have like a coolness factor now. The pandemic yeah. affected everybody, sure. everything, especially mm -hmm. In the entertainment business, yeah. how rough was that? I mean, it was pretty crazy being home for like, what, three months. But I look at my my friends that run clubs elsewhere, and I do feel very blessed that it was just that short of a time. Because yeah. some of the other places were closed for a year plus, uh. which is horrible. But three months at my house was uh, pretty brutal. Within the parameters, and even the pr when yeah, you yeah. had to come back, the distancing, yeah. all the different things. Half capacity. Yeah. It was frustrating because there was no like universal rules. So it was like hard to adapt to like, all right, what what's the rule here? Like we'll, we'll do whatever they are, but it was, it was very confusing. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously our first weekend open we were just like so over it. So we were like, let's just do it. And we had 25 people in the showroom for a full weekend per show. And 25. you see, what, 300? We, the... Yeah, yeah, around the 295. But like, okay. But like, 25 people for a comedy yeah. show is brutal. <laughs> I think it was Nate, Nate did it. Uh, I think Aaron did it, maybe Steve. And we were all just like, this is rough. And it was me and uh, our our bar manager who's been here for longer than uh. Brian Dorfman, 25 years, Chantel. <laughs> she was the one who really was like, we have to open. I can't do it anymore. And uh, my coworker, Rachel, and we, we they waited tables and I ran sound. Oh, my God. Just the three of us were working. <laughs> it was rough. I, we, you know, I came out to the TV thing with you guys because yeah. you were having a virtual fundraiser yeah. for your staff. Yeah. 
And I thought we would never say those words, virtual yeah. fundraiser for the staff. And you were, the angst was there. It was like, I, we got people yeah. that work here that depend on this money. Yeah. And my heart was breaking for you guys because it was just yeah. a rough time. It was really rough. But those shows were like really nice. Like it gave us something to do, like work on, like people all came together. It was It was really cool. We raised a lot of money for the staff while they were out of work. So and a lot of them came back and i think it's because we took such good care of them and you know i think a large part of the success i know it's the way the room is set up and it's compact yeah. you're and you're sitting at tables with strangers and this and, and all walks of life and and everything and i think that proximity to the to the artist is is why it works on a lot yeah. of things because i mean you've you've and, and but I, I say that though there's going to be times that people uh are are jerks or imbibe too much or anything sure. you've seen that and, and and some comedians know how to handle that better than others how do you handle it yourself in the business or you just let when something like that, do you let the artist on stage take care of it or how does that work? We'll because from time to them. time, yeah, we'll talk with them beforehand yeah. and kind of, cause some people do like genuinely, like they like the interaction a right. little bit and sometimes they'll give you like, kind of like a code word. I, that's my favorite when they'll be like, like shoot them <laughs> <laughs> or they'll be like, I think you need a glass of water. And that's the code for like eject them essentially. Uh, so you kind of suss it out with them beforehand. Um, but we're really good about mm -hmm. if, if it gets dicey, we'll get them out of the room. Like we don't really have a tolerance for it. Like if somebody's too drunk, we don't have a problem bringing in security and taking them out. But I've been to many clubs that don't do that, and it's brutal. So, like, I think my experience in having been to a lot of comedy clubs and being married to a comedian, yeah. so hearing what happens on the road, like, really ingrains in me, like, we're not messing around, like, one warning, you're out kind of situation. And I don't know if you've been here. You've been here recently, but we also do these things called yonder bags where we put mm -hmm. everybody's phone in a bag. And snap it shut. My you phone went yonder. Right. <laughs> and your phone's on you the whole time. You can mm. keep it on vibrate so you can step out to the lobby to use it. But I think having all of that stuff in place, like, kind of keeps people from acting idea. out. You it's know? a great idea. How is it different being in the crowd when you are the wife of a comedian? When somebody's talking a little smack about your husband, because it's like the football coach's yeah. wife in the stands. There's only so much you can take. Well, no one really talks smack about Aaron. He's Good. he's pretty like, you know, he's not offending anybody. So nobody gets like upset during his set and feels right. the need to shout out. But I, I was recently at a club uh, just watching him, which is rare. I don't go on the road with him much, but it was during Thanksgiving weekend. So we were already together. And like, even when there's just like chatter amongst tables, I'm like, I'm like sweating. <laughs> I'm like, Lucy, stay seated. This is not your club. Just be quiet and watch the show. But like, it's tough to sit there like as somebody who runs a club and like watch people talking and not see anybody doing anything. I can only imagine what yeah. that's like. Now, we asked you earlier before we talked and you said it's okay to ask you this. If I'm comedian Joe Dubin and I love yeah. Zanies, but the last two times here I sold seven tickets, but I really want to come back. Is that a fine line in telling this Joe guy that you don't need him, you don't want him? 
I mean, you just are politely like, hey, listen, we're a business. You know, we have to make money. Unfortunately, I don't think you're there yet where you can sell tickets. But, you know, I run these showcases. Why don't you come back and and do spots on those and we'll keep growing you in the market. And then, you know, hopefully it'll get to a place where you can sell tickets. You know, I think you have to be honest that way because yeah, that's your job on the line. Right. Hundred percent. Yeah, your so no is... book, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Joe used to do yeah. a show here. Yeah. Back the six, six, six and a half. Yeah, it was. What well, was the open mic yeah. comedy night? Yes, and it was fun. It was, and those things were great. But but you'd have like ten comedians. Yeah, eight were awful. Yeah, one was really awful. But that one, <laughs> but that one. Or two, maybe, were, yeah. were really good. You're like, there's something going here. That's why I like doing the new material night instead of the open mic night. Because you can kind of stack it in a way where you're like, okay, this person's pretty new. But I'm going to put them in a good place where, like, if they bomb, they have somebody great going after <laughs> right. them, you know? <laughs> do you watch? Do you sit back and watch the I watch, Monday? yeah. Yeah, I mean, I... I've seen a lot of these comics a lot of times and I do like to hang around in the green room and, and shoot the shit with everybody. But like, especially if I haven't seen your set before, I definitely want to pop out and watch it. I, it's a lot of pressure. I, yeah. I think your job has a lot of pressure. Yeah. I, I, it's a fun job, but there's, like you said, it, yeah. it, it, it's a business. Well, like I the, appreciate you saying that because so many times <laughs> I'll get in like an Uber or something and they're like, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, I work at Saney's. Now I need to just start saying something else. But they're like, oh, it must just be a riot there 24-7. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, it's a job. There's still a lot of different things other than just watching comedy that come with it. Well, it's a business, yeah. uh, a restaurant, sure. uh, a bar. Mm -hmm. and, and so that's just another component of itself. Who your kitchen manager? Plug your people, your bar manager, because yeah. they're they're that's revenue streams. It's literally four different businesses in one. Because really? it's ticketing, right? Mm -hmm. That's one. Comedy, that's one. Kitchen and bar. I mean, it's four different things working in one. You yeah. know, it's crazy. And you talked about the kitchen manager. Who's been here so long? The bar well, Miguel. manager. Miguel. Yeah. Miguel is our cook. He's been here forever since before me. Um, Chantel. Um, that she's—I I don't know if I would say bar manager. She was assistant manager for a while. And now she's she'll fill in for our manager if he wants a day off here and there. Um, and then George is our new manager. Love George. He's awesome. We found him during the pandemic. George, what's his last name? Kujis. Okay. It's like a Greek. Right. It's Greek. It's like <laughs> mine, where you're like, I don't know the letters I, I, I are confusing. Left him, your last I know. Thing to him. I know. Yeah. Um, but George. So yeah, during the pandemic, um, our manager at the time naturally was like, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm out. It, no, nothing bad. Um, but um, we were like, Well, now we have all this time. Let's right. like, let's really do a real like search for a great manager. So Rachel, my coworker, and I like put a bunch of time into it. We did three different rounds of interviews and, uh, and we hired George. He was working in, in Franklin at that place. That's like a bowling alley restaurant venue. Exactly you're talking I about. can't yes. remember the name now. Um, but he's a great dude. He loves comedy. He loves being here, which is wonderful. Um, and yeah, he's awesome. It's so, so uh, shout out to George. Shout out to George, a well-oiled machine. Yeah, uh, a few more moments with, left with you. Yeah, Chris Rock was just here. Yeah, what's that like? The hour or two before a guy of that magnitude shows up, 
with everything? What are you doing? You're you're running through everything. So there's like a whole team, you know, when you have somebody at that level. There's, you know, an assistant, a tour manager, a posse. So you kind of come in and you you check everything out. You test the mic. You make sure everything's set up in the green room. You make sure he, he has everything he wants, you know. Um, it's not that crazy different than any other weekend, but, you know, the stakes are just – they're real high. So you're just making sure you have a checklist and you're checking it twice, you know? Right. Um, but yeah, that's kind of it. You just, you, you have a little extra security. You're making sure they're in the right places. You're making sure his guest list is taken care of, making sure all the right tables are reserved, that kind of thing. Is there an audible buzz from the oh, crowd? Big not, time. not drinking buzz, but just yes. an audible of that excitement. 100%. Oh, that's kind of sort of like when you got up there. That was a drinking class. <laughs> the coolest part of it as uh, for me is watching the set evolve because you have him here for eight shows. Wow. And it, so you're it, it's not wildly different every night, but everything's being moved around or punched up. And and that's the coolest part for me is to see it evolve. And see him put Chris Rock into it, you know? Oh, yeah. Because the first night, you know, maybe it's a little bit more tepid. And then as each time he gets more and more used to it, you see his personality come out more and more, which is awesome. I think that would be great. Who is somebody not on stage but somebody famous who came to a show and you're like, holy cow, there is so-and-so? Well, the classic Nashville answer, right? Nicole and Keith. Oh, yes. Yes. I finally got my first Nicole and Keith last year. Oh, who'd they come see? Nate Bergazzi. Oh. And he didn't even know they like were coming. He didn't even know them personally. That's great. So their like, assistant had called, and you know we set everything up with her. But this is the funny part about COVID, is you could tell like it's kind of a benefit for them because they just had these big masks on the whole time. <laughs> like so the nobody big knew. ones with the filter that kind of cover half your face um i mean people nicole is pretty shockingly beautiful yeah. so like even if you can see just a little bit of her hair and her skin she's pretty well, noticeable she's like six foot tall she's so yeah, tall yeah. she's got gorgeous red yeah. hair um but i think that's the beauty of a nashville and be a dark comedy club is like nobody really bothers you beautiful um and then i got my second big one also this year reese witherspoon yes I know. Very exciting year yes. for me in terms of celebrity She came to see Nate, too? She came to see Chelsea Handler. Okay. They're longtime friends. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. so, yeah, I would say those are – one time Reba was here, too. Yeah, I told you, Richard, I've seen uh, Gene Simmons with Jeffrey yeah. Ross at night. The week was. before I got the here. The week before he started. Because yeah. we had Jeff on the radio mm -hmm. back in 2014, and we went to the show that night, and Gene Simmons shows up. Yeah. Just random. Yeah. yeah. Just random with all that. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you. Thank you for uh, having me. This is great. When Greg first mentioned this, I was like, this is a fantastic idea because we know what zanies means. And you've always yeah. been so kind to us uh, on radio throughout the years. So this is more zanies. And thank you. Thank Lucy. you, guys. Well, this is the mission of what we're doing. We want to bring the real Nashville to people. Yeah. A lot of times they see what they're being shown. Right. And this is, and as you mentioned, Zanies is part of the fabric of our, 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 not only just our entertainment, just what we are. Yeah. And that's so, what's so cool about Zanies. I appreciate that. Thank you guys. Thank you. Lucy Sinsheimer from Zanies. Again, this podcast, every Thursday we'll bring you a brand new podcast with our travels, many travels around middle Tennessee. Greg, good to see you, brother. Yeah. Good to see you. Hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Uh, I did. <laughs> <laughs>
Yes. Yeah. Ate and, way too much and had a good time. Well, then just another Thanksgiving for you, huh? I'll yeah. see you next time, brother. All right. All right, you've been listening to the official 615 podcast, proudly sponsored by friends at Wilson County Hyundai. <laughs>